Welcome to the Conditional Release Program, a podcast that delves into the netherworld of cults, crims, and con artists. We don't like these people, and it shows. We believe the best way to expose them is to hold them up to a harsh light, point our index fingers in their general direction, and mock them mercilessly, take them down a peg or two until they cease to exist in any other form than the shit on our shoes. I'm Jack the Insider, otherwise known as Peter Hoisted for tax purposes. And I'm Joel Hill, and today we are back looking at cults, and this one is a doozy. It's the cult of Trump, otherwise known as MAGA, you know, make America great again. But this begs a question, is the Cheeto formerly in charge, a supreme leader of a sketchy new cult? <laughs> is the great orange one set to dole out the Kool-Aid to anyone who wants a slug? Because... Let's face it, they are lining up for a cup. Yes, they are, Joel. There was some ugly QAnon stuff going on in the background that considered the Tangerine Tyrant the Grand Mufti, Ayatollah and Rock and Roller of their three million strong cult. But the Trumpsters' delusional defiance of the election results now beyond a month has taken matters into the stratosphere with literally millions of people thinking the result was rigged up by the Venezuelans, who, let's face it, couldn't organise a route in a brothel. There are literally millions queuing up for the punch bowl, now just waiting for Donald to ladle out more of this madness which they will swallow hook, line and sinker. Millions in the US and an unsettlingly large amount of lunatics within Australia. And we'll get the penis prosthesis out, give it a saliva lube and stick it right up the jacksie of those who are silly enough to hang on the every word of a pathological liar. Yeah, we'll have some advice for these impressionable smooth-brained morons, which may or may not be any use to them. But for anyone who thinks that Trump copped a raw deal and just didn't get flogged because he's a massive wanker and of yeah, and let two hundred thousand people die on his watch, you know what? Fuck him. Well, I think it's closer to 300, there, but 287,000 at the moment. Oh, well, yeah. Well, who's counting, right? Yeah, well, he's not. Uh, yeah, well, he's not, but the rest of America is. As I've always said, sooner or later, every cult becomes a death cult, and we are approaching high noon in the US. We'll get right on that and right up them shortly, but we can't right now because now it's time for the Conditional Release Program's weekly news. It's a great big ugly world out there, Joel. What particular horrors have caught your eye? Well, the court cases and public hearings on the generally baseless and stupid claims for electoral fraud have continued to be comically absurd. I mean, our new favourite Trump 2020 star witness is Melissa Carone, otherwise being referred to as Conspiracy Karen, and she's also been referred to as the human equivalent of Four Seasons Landscaping, and she really is. She is a beautiful uh, train wreck in motion. Oh, yes. Fantastic. So Rudy's basically dragged her along to a court hearing in Michigan, and she's just really let loose on the on a courtroom, an unsuspecting courtroom, it would seem. Well, it's not a courtroom. It's actually a congressional hearing held in yeah. a hotel. But just as a bit of context, uh, there were six losses in six states uh, to the Trump campaign uh, overnight, and uh, overnight Australian time. And that takes uh, their total losses to 50, it's believed, just mm. on 50. Not a great strike rate at all. In fact, zero, no. uh, zero strike rate in terms of uh, votes uh, changed or votes rejected. Yep, it's, this is a pointless exercise. But we get things like Corona, which just makes this entire thing worth it. I mean, yeah. she nailed the Karen wardrobe choice. Oh, yeah. And honestly, it looks like she might be playing a role here, which may actually be a little bit more on target than you think, because internet sleuths, as usual, found out that she's uh, an actress of sorts. Yes. Possibly the best part of this is that she's just got off probation for sending her boyfriend, ex-wife, several videos of them having sex 
Uh, she was apparently trying to basically fuck with her head. Uh, this is also fantastic. So she's studying cybersecurity or something like that. And she considers herself some sort of cybersecurity expert, which somehow I guess was meant to give credibility to this. She can't send an anonymous email. She doesn't use a VPN when she's committing crimes. Like she apparently bought a new router and Wi-Fi company to attempt to cover her tracks. That's not how you cover tracks. It's just, how do they fucking find these people? <laughs> so she says she was a, a Dominion employee, and that's a sketchy claim, uh, you know, because she was working there for, what, like two days? She was, yeah, she was contracted for two days, I think, and uh, considered a level one contractor. So basically, uh, as, uh, as low as it comes. Yeah, I mean, like, her claims around, like, seeing votes scan multiple times is just shit that she's probably read on Trump's Twitter. Uh, you know, they have no evidence for any of this sort of crap, and they just find these cupilled lunatics on the internet and put them in these situations. Why? Why? <laughs> Look, Karen's testimony is well worth a watch. And people have speculated that maybe Rudy loaded up with a few Long Island iced teas before the testimony to give her some Dutch courage. But she denies this claim although uh, the evidence is uh, fairly compelling. <laughs> he also tried to rein her in at times, uh, tapping her on the arm and trying to shush her uh, while, uh, while she was talking over the top of uh, Michigan State Congressman. She was on a mission, though, uh, so she could not she and would not be stopped. Absolutely not. She's a freight train of just ridiculousness. Like, basically, she just rolled out the usual shit, like 120% turnout, which is just another meme level piece of misinformation mm. or disinformation that's just been doing the circles. The whole dead people voting and illegals, illegal votes, illegal fucking everything. But the thing that was astounding with her is the confidence and swagger. And she really did just in that few minutes of testimony become an icon of the 2020 general election. She's going to make a lot of money doing cameos, I'm sure. Ah, uh, I mean, yes, uh, very likely. She uh, certainly is a Trump cultist. Now, one thing that caught my eye, though, is just having a look at uh, other media and how they were, were reporting this. So most media took the view of Karan being an absolute train wreck of, of evidence, of testimony. Yeah. It must be said that that uh, it was unsworn testimony. She uh, had filed an affidavit earlier, which had been completely rejected in a uh, uh, <coughs> in a, a Michigan uh, Michigan uh, local court had yeah. been uh, had been thrown out. But uh, yeah, all of the evidence uh, presented by Corone and many others over a seven hour process uh, conducted in. Uh, conducted in the ballroom of a hotel, uh, was all done unsworn. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. She does say that she she signed an affidavit and she made a point of the fact that if she's wrong, she could go to jail, which is not true. It's if she lies, she could go to jail. And the thing is, is that how do you prove someone this deluded was lying when they wrote out what is basically the utterance of a retweet on a piece of paper? Well, I she, mean, yeah, look, she wouldn't probably know. She pr pr probably wouldn't, would be, Incapable of distinguishing fact and fiction, 100%. because she has uh, she has uh, drank the Kool Aid yep. at fairly large amounts. She's just given a good scale. But the thing that really caught my eye was how some media had had not seen this as a train wreck at all. And I looked at the Nebraska Dawson County Journal, who mm. reported this. And this is not Daily Caller. This is not Breitbart. This is not OANN. This this is basically a you know a, a, I guess a fairly conservative local rag. Yeah, uh, and it, it described her testimony as a bombshell revelation. Yeah, a really. Look, it must be said 
she was in the absentee vote count room, right? Mm-hmm. And she was declaring that there was a discrepancy of 130,000 votes, which clearly could not have happened. There weren't that many absentee, we're talking absentee is separate from mail-in votes and pre-polls, that the actual absentee vote count room had, a, she said, a discrepancy of 130,000 votes. Uh, and the numbers just, it just up. It, it, Yeah, it, it just didn't make any sense. And in her affidavit, which had been presented at the Wayne Court, Wayne County uh, Courts, uh, Judge Tim Kenny dismissed her affidavit as bearing no resemblance to any other evidence presented in their claims. Yep. Uh, and uh, that she was not a credible witness. Yes, uh, delusional. So, of course, Rudy drags her along, gives her a few <laughs> inks and fires her up. It's yeah, all bullshit, yeah. of course, but it's still angering up the uh, the marga blood. Yes, it is. And this is just another example of the tempers flaring because the escalation of electoral fraud claims, which this absolute circus is a part of, mm. is turning into a actually quite terrifying shit show where yeah. someone is almost certainly going to get killed and probably sooner rather than later. And of course, Dominion, the often cited voting system company, that they've just been brought kicking and screaming into this cupelled nightmare. They released a scathing statement the other day. Okay, I'm happy to read it. Sydney Powell's wild and reckless allegations are not only demonstrably false, they have led to stalking, harassment and death threats to Dominion employees. This criminal activity has been duly reported to the appropriate law enforcement agencies and we intend to hold Ms Powell and those aiding and abetting her fraudulent actions accountable for any harm that may occur as a result. That should give anyone pause, actually. We are talking about uh, criminal law enforcement, but also civil claims. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Like, and the thing is, is that these claims of threats to employees are getting very real, and Dominion's their, their hand has been completely forced here. There may very well be more than just words on paper. Uh, mm. And while I just don't really care about these like faceless corporations that milk the government for overpriced voting machine tenders that are almost always a result of like sketchy lobbying and backhanded deals, these are employees. These are just people doing their fucking jobs, and they are scared shitless because these digital soldiers are now lining up to shoot them in the face. <laughs> well, it even mental. gets weirder, doesn't it? Because tell us about the self-proclaimed uh, technical analyst yeah. uh, who's uh, taking a crack at, uh, at Dominion's uh, voting machines. He's the fucking worst. So Ron Watkins, you may have heard him before. He's the ex-administrator. We resigned last month. But he's the ex-administrator of 8 Coon, which is where Q posts. Um, and there's a lot wow. of uh, conjecture about whether he is Q or he has control over the account as the administrator. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, we shouldn't speculate yeah. on, but it wouldn't surprise me to see some low life like Watkins has uh, grifted his way through, uh, through QAnon. My money is on him being Q, but that's another story. Right. Um, but basically, he's been getting this like ridiculous 15 minutes of awkward fame mm. because OANN and like all these other guys are calling him a large system technical analyst because he's not that. He's not that at all. He's a computer enthusiast that ran his dad's porn websites. He's a fucking asshole. And OAN are relying on him for these like semi-technically literate takes on why the Dominion system voting machines are rigged. But the reason why, and this is like dead set, he reckons that he read the manual as a penetration tester, (laughs) whatever that fucking means, Mm -hmm. and now he knows how the machines are hacked. I mean, that's just... It, this, the line between fa- like satire and reality is just getting too fucking thin. So 
essentially what Ron Watkins has been up to is doxing Dominion employees. Uh, he posted video footage of a Dominion employee doing his fucking job, pulling, pulling a report from a machine on a USB stick to put on a laptop. This drove these people insane because they saw this as him putting the stick in to change the results. And of course they fucking think that because that's what the narrative tells them to think. And yeah. now they are threatening his head. They, they, they really want him dead. And the threats are coming in hot. Unlike most, you know, fuck you, I will kill you with this knife uh, shit that uh, people pop up on the net. The usual. These are credible threats from very capable people, very capable, yep. very angry people. Someone placed a noose outside uh, this em- a Dominion employee's home. Yep. I mean, this has ratcheted up tensions to the point where someone getting killed is almost inevitable. Uh, you just got to wonder who it will be. Uh, it's all fucking mental. Yeah, it, this entire thing has just lost the plot. Gabriel Sterling, who's a top election official that we should never have known the name of in Georgia, held a presser which basically stayed, like, started off just saying, like, stop. Yeah. It's gone too far. It was it a plea. Was, it was a plea for sanity. It was. He was pleading with the president and established Republicans to simply denounce insane people saying they're going to kill vote counters and vote. Uh, vote, you know, elected officials, elected s- officials. It's Georgia just- Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, Georgia Governor Brian Kemp. You know, all the way down. It's fucking mental. So this, this really is absolutely astounding. Donald Trump took that uh, a clip of that the press conference where he was pleading with the president to stop the madness and denounce this kind of yeah. violence, and he retweeted it with the caption "rigged election." Show signatures and envelopes. Expose the massive voter fraud in Georgia. What is Secretary of State and at Brian Kemp GA afraid of? They know what we'll find. That was the President of the United States responding to a plea to stop the madness of election workers having nooses left outside their houses, being threatened with rape and death. And he doubles down. Yeah, look, uh, that's... um... Most recently, of course, in fact, uh, just over the last 12 hours, uh, after a Trump rally, poorly attended, must be said, after a Trump rally in uh, Georgia, uh, Trump got on the blower to uh, to Governor Kemp and uh, asked him to intervene, uh, actually yeah. asked him to uh, not certify the results. In fact, not just certify yeah. them, but actually overturn them, which yeah. uh, Kemp, uh, who was until very recently a Trump acolyte, yeah. Uh, knocked him back, uh, yeah. and uh, and so that uh, sort of ended all of that. But that's the, that's the most recent update on uh, Trump and Kemp. Yeah, and like it's just madness because they've got this situation where there's this runoff coming up, and the openly cupilled, mm. you know, he's got where we go, one we go all on his pre- tw- uh, Twitter bio. Like he's he's there. Yes. L. Lynn Wood, the Trump lawyer. He told Republicans not to vote in Georgia because the Dominion voting systems are rigged and made in China. And then the Republicans are shitting there going, fuck, what do we do with this? I mean, they're telling they're telling our people not to vote. This is like going to be like a several hundred million dollar campaign that does not need their man saying, don't vote for us. But I mean, let's face it, fuck them. They, yeah. they did this to themselves. They did this to themselves. It'll be very, very interesting on uh, January 5, the date of uh, the two Senate runoff elections. Uh, and a lot of people are, a lot of uh, Marga Hat uh, folk uh, in Georgia saying they won't vote. And they're being sort of actively, actively promoted by people like uh, L. Lynn Wood. Um, yep. Uh, <clears throat> Donny was uh, asked to get on the blower to him uh, because uh, the GOP were getting very. <laughs> Very uh, 
uh, very frustrated with all of this. And uh, so apparently Donnie did get on the blower and tell him to pull his head in. But there is still this feeling that uh, openly in Georgia with the opportunity for the Democrats to actually flip the Senate. Yeah. Uh, and if that happens, uh, you know, basically you've got to say the GOP will drop Trump so fast. He won't know what hit him. Well, I mean, yeah, as a result of this absolute mess. I mean, Wood has also put out this little like press note on Twitter oh, saying yeah. that Trump should declare martial law in order to have a new election. But he also, and that's just become normal, but he also said in a tweet, any public or private citizen of Georgia who took Chinese money, George Soros money, or Bill Gates money to manipulate our election in any manner is a traitor. We need to root them out of their holes and lock them lock up. Lock them up. Lock them up. Lock them up with their trial. Lock them up. Just get the mob onto them and uh, maybe just, not even lock them up. Uh, might yeah. uh, get a little bit worse than that. Do not pass so go. It, the, the crazy's been ratcheted up to 11. And yeah. uh, it's, it's a custom designed to provoke very well-armed and very unstable people to do very bad things. It's that shitty, vague, we're just asking questions type of inside. Yeah extreme violence. 100%. It's just insane. Like Republicans have been more than happy to flirt with this conspiratorial base and play around with them and keep them engaged. But now they've turned out to be very difficult to control. Who would have thought? And now the GOP has this weird sort of thing of who's pilled and who's not. Like the line is no longer clear. It's just madness. I think the line is altogether gone. But There's too much tension. While we're speaking of tensions, our uh, other news item is... Well, ask the question, who put the bug up China's ass, and was that bug the one Pete Evans refers to as Wuhan flu? <laughs> uh, whatever ugly pathogen it was, it has put Australia on the Chinese Communist Party's no-call list, number blocked, leaving open hostilities to surface in a fully-blown meme war. One, two, three, four, they've declared a meme war. <laughs> and the first meme caused Prime Minister Scott Morrison so much distress he felt obliged to put on a pair of trousers for the first time in weeks and take to the lectern expressing horror and outrage that a kitty in China's foreign office, who's not even ranked in the top 400 of CCP officials, broke out the Photoshop and, and knocked out a, a digger, a member of the ADF, cut mm-hmm. in the throat of an Afghan nipper who was holding a cute, cuddly lamb for some reason. It was all very symbolic and a nice piece of cant from the Chinese I think what they're saying is, you stupid Australians might knock off a few non-combatants in the Hindu Kush when the top brass is looking the other way, but when it comes to genocide, get out of our way because we have the runs on the board and a mountain of skulls and Lhasa and Zhejiang to prove it. Yeah. Now look, I'm not great at Photoshop, which is a good thing. Otherwise, we'd probably be at war with China right now, which, to be <laughs> frank, would be over in a couple of hours. And all I'll say about that is Australians will be playing a lot more table tennis than we currently do. Yeah, you've always said the Chinese would kill for Australia's natural resources, and one day they probably will, Probably will. I don't want to engage in any sabre-rattling that might be misconstrued in Beijing. There are a couple of points to make here. The first is the Morrison government too often grabs the megaphone and does a bit of shouting, which never goes down well. ScoMo, the Foreign Minister, Maurice Payne and everyone else down should shut the fuck up and direct their comments to China through what diplomatic channels remain open. Yeah, maybe behind closed doors. Where did all this start, Jack? Why are the Chinese so pissed at us? Well, the prevailing wisdom is Australia has been treating its biggest trading partner a bit rough, a bit rough and ready. Mm -hmm. The CCP is a paranoid lot at the best of times, but with ScoMo calling for an international investigation into the origins of COVID-19... 
Yeah. Uh, are, am- are among a long list of CCP uh, grievances and has made them very antsy. But there's one thing that hasn't been reported until very recently, and that is the CCP think they are paying over the odds for our iron ore. The best damn iron ore in the world, I hasten to add. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but as a response to the pandemic, the CCP has unleashed massive uh, infrastructure spending and uh, they think they're paying top dollar for their steel. Now, mm. there's no evidence of cartel behaviour. None. But it might be uh, fairly sensible for Scott to say, well, we'll have a look at it. We've got uh, the ACCC uh, on uh, on call, on speed dial, and we'll get on them and we'll, and we'll uh, get them and have a look at this uh, Xi Jinping or whatever, through whatever uh, diplomatic channels remain open to the Prime Minister. Yeah, well, hopefully not over Twitter. I mean, this is just really <laughs> ominous. It sounds like the prelude to war. It really does. So essentially, what do you reckon? How does Australia play it from here? Well, it's not likely to be a military war. It's all going to be sort of economic, you know. Uh, <laughs> and and uh, Australia's uh, sort of major trading partner essentially backing away from most of our goods or, or sourcing them from somewhere else is going to cause this country significant economic harm. And the best mm. way forward is really for... Uh, the government and the opposition to speak with one voice and uh, and offer political bipartisanship. Any sort of uh, slip to that uh, gives the Chinese or the CCP, I want to basically make that distinction, not Chinese yeah, course, people, yeah. but the, the Chinese yeah. Communist Party, uh, a little bit of an in that they think they're dividing and may well indeed conquer. Um, yeah. There are a lot of coalition backbenchers who want to stick the slipper in and have in the parliament, and they need to shut the fuck up. But the left also needs to have a long, hard look at itself uh, in the way that it deals with China and the way it simply glossed over uh, the CCP's many outrages in China, kicking off with Tibet uh, and uh, how the Tibetan rebellion was put down, how... Uh, Tibetan autonomy is a complete and utter joke uh, <clears throat> and how uh, some of uh, Chinese uh, uh, nationalist policy has basically uh, uh, destroyed the culture uh, and has taken many, many lives, an estimated 1.4 million lives. And that's yeah. without even considering what goes on in what's been going on in the Uyghur province yeah. of late where yeah. you know there's clear and abundant evidence that uh, the CCP uses um, uh, concentration camps, uh, appalling uh, processes or acts like uh, enforced sterilizations, extrajudicial killings, people being dragged away and incarcerated and tortured without trial. Um, mm. And so this is what the left really needs to deal with. They too often, and we're not talking about the, 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 the SL faction or the Greens or an extreme left uh, group here. We're talking about the sort of centre-left people within the Labor Party who think China oh, might have made a few mistakes, you know, you can't make an omelette without breaking eggs sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and really downplay some of uh, some of those uh, uh, outrages, some of the m- manifest and numerous outrages that the CCP has caused over the journey. Yeah. And, <clears throat> and where those things need to be approached, see, I, I'm not convinced that Labor has ever dealt with China in the way where they pull them aside, certainly not in recent time, where they pull the Chinese aside. This is all done behind closed doors and say so we are particularly unhappy about what's going on in the Uyghur province, for example. Yeah. I'm not convinced that Labor raises those issues enough or firmly enough. 
Yeah, and I don't think they will. So basically, those things need to be dealt with behind closed doors, megaphone away. Yeah, and uh, if it's not, if you know these these things continue, as I say, the economic harm that will come to this country uh, might well see uh, good old Lee Kuan Yew's uh, famous quote about Australia becoming the uh, poor white trash of Asia actually come mm-hmm. to reality. Yeah. But we can't sit around idly twiddling our thumbs for the economic catastrophe that is headed our way because we've got to move on. Yep. We've got to pop the MAGA hats on, get the mm. AR-15s out and wonder about asking silly questions of a dangerously unhinged group of people known as Americans, or at mm-hmm. least some Americans. Mm. But that's right. It's time to scrub off our fake orange tan, pull the spider monkeys off our heads and get stuck into the cult of Trumpism in our deeper dive. So when we talk about the cult of Trump, it needs to be said that we're not saying this as some sort of partisan barb to, you know, label these people as idiots or, uh, you know, insane people, that sort of stuff. This is a common trope. It's some form of gaslighting, really, to say that your opposition, your political opposition are just nuts and discount them for being lunatics. But the thing is, is that we need to be open to these options now because things have changed. I mean, the Overton window has shifted to a point where having the President of the United States of America, as we said in the news, doubling down on death threats to electoral officials, that's where we're at. So when you've got this sort of, you know, actively recruiting group of people who are being reinforced by anything that they want to hear. They lie, lied to on a almost you know, pathological basis. Yeah. And they they come out with these classic cult traits of blind faith and allegiance to this leader and this kind of sense of community that they would, you know, they'll, they'll die for. And the biblical undertones, all of the things that make the, the, the cult of Trump so different to anything we've ever seen before. It is indeed. Look, we, the real problem is not the 74 million voters who voted for Trump. You know, uh, Trump got 74 million, Biden got 80 million. It's worth remembering that there's another group of, of like size. There's a good 80-odd million adults who didn't vote in the US State presidential home. election. Yeah. So, yeah. so we're not talk- but we're not talking about the 74 million who... Uh, who, who popped the X next to uh, Donald Trump's name no. on November 3. or Many of them are saying. Yeah, but we are talking about the subset of people who are, you know, going dangerously along for uh, for the ride with the president's sort of deranged conspiracies based essentially on the delusion that he hasn't been beaten, you know, the, the idea that he can't deal with being beaten. Yeah, and he's been like, you know, he's been flirting with these sort of conspiratorial mindsets and things like that for ages. But he's, you know, he's been lying so consistently that the whole post-truth era is now an aspect of the Oval Office. It's, you know, it's coming part and parcel. It's just... It's just weird. We know, we know we know politicians lie, but this is different. This is like programming cult members well, lying. Things, things, things are flipping, and you can you can feel that. I mean, the Attorney General Bill Barr, uh, obviously a Trump appointee, uh, he came out and said that there was uh, no significant fraud, not enough uh, to, to to flip what is essentially 
40 college votes or three states. You know, this is this is yeah. what Trump is basically getting at. And also yesterday, Kellyanne Conway, or on uh, a Saturday in, in the US, Kellyanne Conway uh, came out and sort of conceded that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris had won the election. And this, like, Donald Trump basically cost her a marriage because her traditionally <laughs> Republican husband just went, yes. I can't believe you're supporting this I'm going to join the Lincoln Project. Yeah. So, I'm gonna, uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's, so, so, huge. So basically, he's got on this. I mean, so, you know, I guess the question is, why is this a cult and, and why is it becoming even more dangerous than it currently I, is? One of the things I find interesting is, and this guy's been all over the place, Stephen Hassan, who's an ex-Mooney, who's now a cult deprogrammer, who's going to have a lot of business uh, coming up. <laughs> going to be a he's, busy boy, yeah. He's been everywhere on the pods, in the in the articles, all that sort of stuff. And he's obviously plugging his book. But yeah. what's really happening is that it's this is this is not a, a quiet topic. Now, it's not something that makes the top 10 news stories on the ABC app. But what it is, is it is being talked about in small doses in a lot of places. This is not some kind of niche belief. The idea that people have been indoctrinated into what is basically a death cult that has been established by the president of the United States of America, amplified by news networks, amplified by a billion-dollar election campaign, amplified by Russian interference, which is well-documented. It's not just some wingnut thing. They have been sowing disinformation. They have been amplifying disinformation voices. They have been supporting the erosion of Western democracy That's right. through That's making right. a post-truth era so, on the internet. So people obsessed with collusion between Trump and the Kremlin probably looking the wrong way. So the, the real issue is that uh, the last four years of Trump and what's particularly going on now has got Vladimir Putin, while we won't be looking forward to a Biden presidency, the sort of stuff that's going on now with the, you know, with the, the claims of voter fraud, you know, basically driving at confidence in public public faith in uh, in democracy in the United States. Vladimir Putin's rubbing his hands together. One hundred percent. This is this is absolutely working out wonderfully for him and for the sake of China as well. Like you yes. know, the, the the best thing to do in a state of war, which diplomacy is a you know a state of war at any given time, is to watch your enemies implode. And this is exactly what's happening. The United States of America does not look like an empire right now when you've got an angry, immature president who is out playing golf and tweeting at about a million miles an hour. He's encouraging violence against officials and saying that the entire institution of democracy is rigged. Rigged by who is another thing. Like, it's the Democrats. It's this really vague idea of elites. And, you know, just it's just a completely post-truth era that we really do not have any, I think, control over. Yeah, look... In the sort of post-fact era, it's actually you think, well, you're, you're not quite sure what's going on at present and, no. and let alone the future. But one of the things of the post-fact era is it so quickly forgets what's just happened, right? 100%. And so I want to touch on this because these are drivers of, of the sort of cult of, of Trumpism, of that subset of people who simply, like the president, won't accept uh, what is a very clear uh, mandate for Joe Biden. Yeah, so, so or against back, him. Let's go back to polling day. You know, on the morning of the election, White House Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany uh, mm. was on Fox News, on Fox and Friends, predicting a landslide win for Donald Trump, right? Yep. 
Uh, our campaign believes that tonight will be a landslide, she said. Uh, Florida and Ohio were a lock. Um, McEnany was right there, but yeah, she also right, tipped yeah. Trump would win Nevada and Minnesota. Biden won Minnesota by seven points, uh, almost yeah. a quarter of a million votes, uh, <clears throat> with 3.2 million votes uh, cast in the state. Nevada was closer, but, but Biden still won by more than two points there. It's healthy. Had Trump won those states, right, it still wouldn't have been a landslide. No. This is the point I'm trying to make. You know, where else might he have flipped blue states? Virginia? No. Biden won by 10. New Hampshire? Biden won by seven and a half. Colorado, Biden won by 13. Yeah. Now, New Mexico, Biden won by 11. These were the so-called blue states that, that may have been in play. And going back into uh, going back into 2019, certainly the Trump camp would have been looking at some of those, if not all of those states, as potential wins. But they were never going to be. You know, no. Virginia was never... Virginia, as soon as they started counting in, in Virginia, it flipped blue even though yeah. they were 13 points down. On the, and, and it caused all sorts of uh, conundrums amongst the uh, conservative uh, commentariat. But um, it was always going to be that way. Yeah. But this is, you know, this wasn't McEnany just talking a bit little, you know, getting a little overexcited on Fox and Friends on the day of the vote and she lost, she hadn't slept that night. You're all very excited about everything and what was going to happen. Yeah. And suggesting a landslide win. This was the perception. And it was driven through the cults like QAnon that, that Trump was going to going to going to win forty five states. You know, some say fifty. You know, yeah, some, some actually did predict the, predict the full the full fifty, and they still say it. They still always, say it. Always going to be tough in California, but anyway, yeah, uh, it's yeah, just ridiculous. They, they still do. They still believe this, and they were yep. they were set up to believe this. Yeah, completely. Yeah, a lot of this stuff is a part of the election campaign. Yeah. It's part of the plan. But look, here's, here's something else that McEnany said that day, which I really found interesting, you know, because she, she, she maintained Donald Trump was going to win by the length of the straight. Yeah. We believe, she said, this will be a landslide, and for the Biden campaign to come out and double, da- double down on Hillary Clinton's egregious statement that under no circumstances should you concede just tells you all you need to know. Now, what Hillary Clinton had said in August was, uh, there's no way uh, Biden should concede on election night. Uh, yeah. The Biden campaign didn't actually have a position. Um, and uh, so they didn't really listen to Hillary anyway. And so McEnany yeah. got that bit wrong. But here, here she was saying, we will win by a landslide, but Joe Biden and the Democrat, Democrat Party will not accept the result. They yeah. won't concede, which is kind of... Pretty amusing now when you think here we are. What thirty three days since since uh, the election and uh, Donald Trump has uh, failed to concede. Yeah, and it's all part of the plan. I mean, this is a part of the plan. What they're doing is they're basically gaslighting America uh, and just repeating these claims that there's election fraud, that it's all fishy. Democrats have stolen it, and if you repeat it enough times, it's almost like our defense mechanisms for uh, you know sort of filtering out lies from truth just get beaten down and just yeah. worn down and eventually yeah. we're like, okay, fine, maybe it was rigged. Fuck, just shut up. Yeah. Just leave well, you, me alone. You, you see, even if you even if you sort of stubbornly, uh, you know, refuse that kind of process from taking hold, you still have to accept that 
I mean, you, you still have to almost acknowledge, you have to almost have to pre- preface your statement by saying, oh, well, you know, there probably was some degree of electoral fraud. Yeah, you've got to pay that. credence to this mad bullshit yeah. because they've made it so legitimized through the office of the President of the United States of America, through multiple news networks that, you know, regardless of what you say, are credible as such. Um, you know, like amplifying these sort of messages through Fox and all these sort of outlets. Recently, I saw a video which has vote counters doing something in, in black and white with a few circles around it. Like, this is just a really weird thing. It's just like with all this sort of anti-vaxxing. People who don't understand medicine talking a lot about medicine. People who don't understand vote counting are yeah. all of a sudden looking at these videos I, saying, look what happened. Everyone's what an did expert. happen? But everyone's look, a fucking expert. I do think the mainstream media played a role in creating confusion and... Again, let's go back to election night in the United States. And I sat through all of this with, with uh, virtually no sleep uh, for, a good, uh, for, for a good 48 hours. So when Americans went to bed on election night, US commentators and analysts were generally of the view that Biden could not win Pennsylvania. Uh, they, you know, they, 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 they were of the view that, uh, and they were stated this repeatedly. I mean, these are... These are guys who don't have any um, uh, partisan affiliations, They, but they were, I guess, driven by the embarrassments of 2016, were sort of tilting towards Trump. Now, mm. on that night, when Americans went to bed, um, uh, Biden was about 12 points behind in Pennsylvania. He was behind by around 10 points in, in Michigan and much less, about 6% in, in Wisconsin. So these highly paid analysts were sort of looking at this and babbling about replication of 2016 results because this is exactly the way it looked like mm. uh, in 2016. Of course, it didn't. It didn't. No. It did, had no, be- no resemblance whatsoever, driven mostly by the fact that Americans pre-polled like, you've never, like they've never pre-polled before yeah. and that there were 100 plus million votes, either pre-polls, absentees or, or mailers that were cast that yep. in a lot of these key states, particularly Rust Belt states, weren't counted. And and they, and they those analysts who were either having five bob each way or st- tilting towards Trump on the night of the election in the US could have scanned any of the counties. You know, like so Wayne County, Wayne County, which is Detroit, Michigan, uh, there were less than 10% of the votes counted on the night of the election. Yeah. Where, whereas most of the small red counties, often with, you know, a couple of thousand people in them, had all been counted. You yeah. Know? And that was because Trump had told them, don't pre-poll. Yep. Don't postal vote. And yep. <clears throat> get out there and vote. So... And we know this more. These analysts should have known this because what happened in Wisconsin and Michigan and Pennsylvania was that Republicans took uh, their electoral commissions to uh, to court to insist that they do not count their pre-polls first, that they actually count their in-person votes yep. first. So this all should have been understood. But it was even easier than that because on that night, Biden was trailing by 10 points in Lackawanna County, Pennsylvania. And, and our viewers of the, uh, the office, I was, a, I was a 
mad fan of The Office, starring Steve Carell, the US version. One of those rare occasions where uh, the US show, uh, or the US, yeah. um, uh, the US version, uh, is better than the UK one. Um, uh, so Steve Carell's The Office was based in uh, Scranton, Pennsylvania, which is in Lackawanna County. Yep, and Scranton, Pennsylvania's largest. Uh, sixth largest city is is also Joe Biden's birthplace. Yeah. Now, did anyone seriously believe that Biden would lose in the county of his birth? That he would lose vote? He would lose that county that encapsulates or surrounds Scranton. In the end, he ended up winning by almost ten thousand votes, with one hundred and ten thousand votes counted in the in the county. Yeah. So so the analysis was so fucking poor. Yeah. Fish Absolutely. and chip wrapper shit. That did not survive. I can point to columns written in mainstream media that were almost congratulating. Well, they were. They were straight out congratulating yeah. Trump on a win against the odds, a defeat of the elites, the usual yep. bullshit. Yeah. Right? And yeah, this all plays into the narrative that these are the sort of headlines that the people in the cult of Trump will read. And they will not read the other ones that say, This is crazy, hold your horses, it's a red mirage, Biden's gonna come in with the, the postal votes. Yes. All they see are these headlines. Yes. The kind of headlines that say that bombshells were dropped by conspiracy Karen, which is complete nonsense. It's all they need to see. Because then yes. their the confirmation bias is satisfied. They they get affirmed, and it's that thing of God has God wants Trump to be president, and God wins, and that's going to happen. So just trust the plan. God has it all sorted out. Don't worry about it. It's all good. And they've got these fucking assholes, mm. like reinforcing this position when nobody should have been saying something as, as no, dopey. The position of the media, whether it's here or overseas, should have been, you know, the old. The old Anthony Green stuff, too close to call. I mean, yep. that's that's we don't know. We will not have a we will not have a decision for you tonight. Now, at best, look, it, 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 many of their comments were sort of you know that was the conclusion to their comments. But it would be, well, Donald Trump is leading in Michigan by thirteen points or ten points. Uh, he's uh, he's leading. He's got a big lead in Pennsylvania. Um, <clears throat> but really, anybody who took the time to realise. Biden's, you know, uh, sort of diverse pathway to 270 could easily involve uh, Arizona, Wisconsin, Michigan. That was all that was required. Forget Pennsylvania and forget Georgia for a moment. Yeah. Those three alone. And so basically there was this there was this great confusion. People were tilting towards Trump. The bookies lost their minds. The bookies actually... Uh, installed Trump as a firm favourite, dollar forty favourite. Biden. This is around about ten o'clock on on Wednesday, the fourth Australian time. Oh, it was earlier than that. Like they went to about three dollars during the count uh, when um, it, 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 about three o'clock that afternoon. Trump yeah. actually passed Biden as favourite. Yeah, and this was this was and it carried on through the night, and it carried on to the point where Trump became very short priced, very odds on favourite to be re-elected. It was and, the big news story. And it was based on this nonsense, this failure to analyse those votes that were coming in, those pre-polls, the vast number of them. So more than two-thirds of the total votes cast were pre-polls. 
But I think also some of it was the fact that these people who are in this cult of Trump had that kind of dogmatic belief, this thing of, oh, it's happening. 2016 it's is happening. happening. We're again. in it. We're, so you know, money shifted onto Trump. Every, and when money and, shifts, yeah, the book everyone shifts. Everyone was wrong. The polls were wrong. The mainstream yep. media were wrong. Once Everyone's again. wrong again. Oh, look, the bookies are having to having to cover their cover their ground. I saw Biden go up to 340, ended up going to 350. I backed him at 340, and that was at 10 o'clock on uh, Wednesday uh, the 4th, 10, 10 o'clock in the evening on Wednesday yep. the 4th. I just thought he was in a very, very strong position. Yeah. Um, there was still a lot of votes to be counted, but I just talked about that pathway. But here we were, the, the continental United States has basically gone to bed so thinking that Trump was likely to win the election. Just and when they woke in. up the next day, Michigan's count was finished and Biden had won. Yeah. Wisconsin's was on the verge of finishing and Biden was ahead. And later that day, in fact, well into the one of the one of the morning, basically Wisconsin also concluded their count. So that was kind of it, you know. That yeah. that was it. So everything had reversed while they yeah. slept, and that's yeah. the and that's the sort of basis of disbelief, you know. Yeah. And and the, as I say, the media contributed in no uh, uncertain way uh, to creating all this uncertainty. Driven, I think, you know, certainly, in, you know, when we talk about the big US networks, driven mainly by their fear that they got things so badly wrong in 2016. Yeah, and that was one of the reasons why we actually had a bit more faith in the polls this time as a result of the fact that they would never make that same mistake again. And you're better off saying that Biden's down than Trump is up because if you get that wrong again, yeah. then you just it's yeah. just embarrassing. So basically, so America woke up confused on the morning of the 4th of November, confused and even further confused because, my God, look at that huge lead that Trump held in Pennsylvania, which was always going to be run down. Yeah. I mean, you just had to run your mouse across Philadelphia County, Suffolk County, all these big blue areas that really by then had only, you know, the Pennsylvania count was just so slow, it had only about 20% counted. Meanwhile, big red or small red counties, they should say, but deep red counties, yeah. had finished their counts because they're only a yeah. handful of people. But the yeah. big, big – I mean, this is the story of the election, by the way, yeah. that, that it wasn't, you know, a, a big turnout in the black vote in, that, 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 gave, um, that gave Biden a win in Georgia. And similarly in, in, in Pennsylvania – uh, where the black vote may not be as significant, it wasn't about an ethnic or minority vote. The big swing was, and those sort of 15% swings across the board in college-educated white suburban voters. Yeah. Men yep. and women. He didn't get the suburban arms, that's for damn sure. He did not, and that, and that was where these counts were missing. So so Americans, particularly the, the, MAGA, the MAGA hat brigade, woke up, or went to bed feeling... Uh, feeling pretty confident about their Very chances. Very confident. You yeah. know, perhaps the landslide wasn't going to be there. but uh, And then they woke up the next day to find Michigan was over and it was really only another state with Arizona being called and, and only another state uh, would, uh, would, would flip everything Biden's way. 
and this like this cult like delusion that they yeah. you know fell asleep with, the fact that it's backed by mainstream media, the fact that it's backed by the bookies, it just completely cemented this yeah. ridiculous kind of just not not only just sort of confidence, uh, confidence, but a, a, a faith in it. Yeah, I, look, I saw uh, you know mainstream media network actually, you know. Uh, Make a big noise about the fact that that Trump had had come into favourite, had come into favouritism, and yep. this was you know within probably four or five hours of the count commencing on the east coast, um, and 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 this was it was said you know a sign you know that that that, that Trump would prevail that the the elites had been had been ignored again and all these kind of rat shit ideological presumptions were being made, you know. Yep. Yep. Um, as we said before, this is not a crack at people who voted Republican and voted for Donald Trump because they yep. did so in significant number. Yep. And while I may not, you know, agree with their choices, what they did is a perfectly valid exercise, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, Republicans are Republicans. And, and they can and they can rationalise or justify that vote, and, you know, on some of Trump's things, I mean, basically we do see some of the sort of op-eds coming about now saying, well, Trump didn't, you know, didn't get everything wrong and he got some of the bit of a legacy there and also you do see a bit of this going on. And yep. those people would have based their, their votes on that and perhaps even to... A, a, well, just lifelong affiliation to a party, you know. Yep. Once you're a Republican, it's very hard to shift. I mean, I can't imagine ever voting for the Liberal Party in Australia. Uh, just like they go last for me, if not second last to some like racist lunatic bunch. But that's the thing. I have this kind of political affiliation and it's really tricky because in situations where maybe you do think that Labor's taking the piss and they, you know, they need a bit of a shake up, huh. I'm never going to go to the other side. And, you know, and that's just party affiliation. And that's so a lot of these people, these, you know, 70 odd million people who voted for Trump have probably just been doing it since the dawn of time and plan to keep doing it. Perfectly valid, perfectly valid exercise of their democratic right. Yeah, totally. We're not having a crack yeah. at them. What we're having a crack at, and there are, there are people in Australia who didn't vote at all in the American election. I didn't vote in the American election. I've got no right to. Oh, I was too late. Uh, but, you know, there are people there who maintain this sort of weird stuff. The, you know, the, the, the Sydney Powell conspiracies who, who, yep. who, who believe that, uh, you know, the, the revelations in Lansing, Michigan were, were drunk testimony, drunk and deranged testimony was genuine. Yep. These are the people, we, we, you know, that we'd like to have a word to because there's a big difference between political affiliation and faith-based devotion. Yeah, and, that's, and delusion. That, that's the line. So yeah. it's not the 74. It's probably a group much smaller than that, um, but it's still uh, They're not insignificant. shockingly in the millions of yep. people who are basically drinking the Kool-Aid. Totally. I mean, like, they say that he was a chosen one. They say that he was sent by God. They think this is a part of God's plan. How the fuck could God send that guy? Like, I am yeah. sorry, but if that's what God's got for us, you need to find a new God because your God sucks. Like, this guy is this just obvious, shyster, huck fuck. He's just so infuriatingly unpleasant. And people can sit there with this blank-eyed expression and say, this is all part of God's plan. You know what? God's plan sucks. You but, need to check that out. But that's the thing about cults. You see, from the outsider point of view, you look at, let's say, Scientology. And if I explain Scientology to you and the 
and the the ramble rambling nonsense that L. Ron Hubbard went on with, you'd go, that's that's insane. You know that that aliens came and were exploded. Uh, well, aliens came and were and was and was said to be locked up in a great big volcano, and then. Yep. You know, uh, what was his uh, what was his name? Zenu came and yeah. blew, blew them all up with hydrogen bombs, and they all escaped. Their souls all escaped. If I explain that to you, you'd go, "Well, I'm not getting involved in that." You know, I'm not no. buying the fucking DVD. I'm not going to uh, uh, send my children down to sign them up for the Sea Scouts uh, and a thousand. What is it? About a million years of uh, of uh, three cents an hour labour. And this um, isn't coming from the uh, bloody President of the United States of America, though. You know, this isn't being reinforced yeah. by Fox News. Like, at what point have we had a cult that has so much money and so much media swing behind it that programming people, usually programming people, if you're a Scientologist, you are down giving bloody, you know, personality tests down at Pitt Street Mall and hoping that someone will be impressed by a fucking e-meter and then maybe you can sell them some di- uh, Dianetics. Dianetics is a giant book that I am absolutely sure is a trudge to read. Or- <laughs> just awful. I mean, I've read I've read some of Hubbard's uh, uh, science fiction. It's fucking garbage. I mean, yeah. but, but that's not the point. See, you're, you're absolutely right. There's a sort of ubiquity about all of this. But... At the same time, you sort of irrational presumptions and sort of charlatanism. And look, Donald Trump is nothing if he's not a charlatan. Absolutely. So they're the cornerstones of cults. And there's no point in, in, in grabbing someone who's got a MAGA hat and babbling about electoral fraud and trying to punch holes. And you'd be able to do it, you know, in, the, in their belief system. But punch they won't hear logical it. holes and it's just going to be the easiest thing in the world to do. But, you know, you're just not... It's just not the way to approach it because you are dealing with almost spiritual belief yeah. that this is the guy. And, yeah, and, and they'll never, you'll never get through to them. Yeah. Just, just don't bother. I mean, basically you would have seen the meme with, with the image of Christ standing in the background with Trump in the Oval Office um, yeah. and, the, and sitting at the Resolute desk and Christ has his Christ has his hand on Trump's shoulder. Now this is stuff that has never been seen, never been regarded in any president, any president, whether it's Reagan in, in recent times, whether it was Reagan, no one believed that this man had been sent by God. No, yeah. no president. Jimmy Carter, Nixon, <laughs> maybe Satan sent Nixon, but um, yes. but but but. No one actually believed this stuff, that there was always that line, that yeah, line that, in American society. Where, that line's been crossed. Yeah. And look, it's the line's been crossed, been crossed a long time. time before Trump came to power, by the way. Yeah. In the, you know, in the sort of um, a spiritualization of their politics. Oh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but this was the first time we see these sorts of mad representations. By the way, that meme, if you look closely, you know, the image of Christ's face looks a little bit like Charlie Manson. Which would make sense, really, yes. if it was Charlie Manson anointing Donald Trump. I mean, that would make a lot of sense. Yeah, Manson family is a good place for him. I mean, look, the point is, for those Americans, and there are people here who are who are drinking the Kool Aid. People oh, in totally. Australia, yeah. You know, if you join a cult, I mean, you don't have to know that you've actually joined a cult. You probably have no idea that it's happened. Yeah, yeah, and that's Some, the thing, and this. Yeah. yeah, like what? it's just that thing of like, you know, 
not realizing this sort of thing because you are so absorbed, so soaked in your yeah. internet stratosphere, your echo chamber. These are the kind of people that often delete friends from Facebook that don't share their views. They tend to silence voices, block voices yep. on Twitter and things like that. Mm. If there's anything that comes, it's like Pete Evans, who is famous for blocking people and finally curating his comment section. When you get to a point where you live in a world where you're in a cult and everything that's said about it is positive because you finally right. tune exactly your surroundings. Right. When yeah. someone comes up to you and says, mate, Trump's an asshole and you're nuts, you sort of say, what do you mean? What? what? Or, or in the States, you, you reach for your AR-15. Now, well, <coughs> naturally. Yeah, that's right. I mean, so there's a, there's a few little tips. I mean, I'm not saying our, our, our listeners are, are on the verge, you know, popping their red hat on and, and going ballistic. But, no, but they know people who have. And yeah, that's gonna, right. Christmas is coming up. Like my mate yeah. Rowan told me, he's got like a um, a family member, a cousin of his uh, his partner, and they've gone nuts. You know, like they've they've lost their mind. They reached out to them, yep. and they, all they got was this garble about you know the new world order, Trump, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And he got in touch with me and said, "What do I do at Christmas?" And I just said, just deflect, just deflect, nod and smile, because you, what else do you do?" They'll only they'll probably only have one Christmas like that. Then you, you you'll never see them again. You'll never invite them again. So, so this is the point, you know, that, that these people descend into this madness without actually having a consciousness about it. No, they're and, really not aware. So the point is if, if if you believe this sort of nonsense, the the Sydney Powell view of electoral fraud in the United States. Yeah, the Kraken. Uh, yeah, sake. all that, you know, that sort of you know, elaborate nonsense that cannot possibly be true. Which is if, being amplified by mainstream media like Fox News, mind you, so it yeah. seems very legitimate. Well, it, the, the Fox News stuff, you would put it, I mean, it's, it's INN, it's um, uh, other smaller Newsmax. news organisations, Newsmax, that, that are putting yeah. this stuff about. Just fucking nutcases. You would almost sort of call them a... Um, a, uh, a measure. <laughs> now this might sound silly, but you would almost call them a sort of measure of balance right now. But, but yes, there are. I mean, Tucker Carlson's dropped off. I mean, you know, even Hannity's still uh, and will always be a, a disciple, a Trump disciple. But, but, but there are still news networks who are promoting this stuff. And yep. and, and, the, and the the point is, if you believe them. If you give these ridiculous claims at time of day, you are on the verge of joining a cult. Yep, you yeah, if you're not already on, there. You the cult of Trump. You're yep. on a, a one-way ticket down a very deep, dark rabbit hole from which there yep. may be no coming back. And yep. I wrote this in a column last week, and yep. I had someone come in in the comments section, and I always check them out and, and read them. And they say, don't read the comments, but I always do. Yes. And this person said, don't tell me which rabbit hole I can't go down. Ooh. I'll yes. choose the rabbit holes that I want to go down. Yeah, and that right, person, mate. For mine, I wasn't going to tell that person. It's not my job to tell that person. But that person has joined a cult. Absolutely. And there are Absolutely. other signs. You know, that person, for example, just as an example, will find people avoiding their company. Yes. You know, that, that extended family members won't take yep. your phone calls. Stay Absolutely. away from your home. Yeah, the Christmas dinner will be them sitting around, you know, pulling a crack on themselves and popping the green hat on, the, the green paper hat on. If they're invited at all. Uh, well, if yeah. I mean, they, if they've been invited, they won't be re-invited. No, and these are the sort of people who push away 
people who disagree with them because that is a classic cult trait to do. And yeah. there is an industry around keeping these people in this cult because OANN, Newsmax, they need to keep these people red-pilled yeah. to exist. That's right. That's There's right. money in it. You know, the, skin the, in the, the worst thing that can happen to them is a is a sort of post election ennui. You know, yeah. that, that, that yeah. everyone says, "Well, thank God that's over," which is yeah. kind of the view that most Australians have about their own about, about our own politics. Thank God yeah. that's over. We don't yeah. have to deal with that for another three years, and then you know, Move on. four years. This needs to be a constant state of crisis, right? Yeah, there is an industry that relies on that. And, it's and, huge and, industry. And these people are being red-pilled all along the way, you know, sitting yep. in darkened yep. rooms, chatting in bleak corners of the web, watching these um, you know, sort of amoral news networks pump out yep. the shit. And, yep. and, and the only people that they're really speaking to, that they're communicating with at a political and personal level, are those of deluded like mind. Absolutely, those you know, those uh, the the target market for bleach salesmen, basically. Yeah. I mean, the best advice we can give them is to pull back. You know, please don't take that next step. Embrace the good things in life, family and friends. Yeah. You know, get out and have a drink, enjoy yourself. Maybe forget about politics for a while. Yeah, they're not listening to us. I'm afraid um, well, they've got yeah. their own echo chambers that uh, are very, very vested. In uh, making sure this continues, it, Russians are vested in making this continue. The news networks that have found themselves in the niche of being completely red pill factories—they have such a huge interest in this that I just don't see it going away. And if it does go away, they failed at their mission, and that may very well happen. And oh, fucking, there's a does. point where it ends. There's a point where it ends, but we just don't know which which way that's going to go. We'll and, see. And, I think it's going to evolve, not end. I think it's just going to continue yeah, to evolve. I, more. I, I agree with you, but there are two potential, you know, I mean, the two, you know, generally speaking, there are two outcomes. One is that it will just die. Yeah. I mean, I so. if if the Democrats flip Georgia in the Senate, I mean, or, or, or flip the Senate through Georgia, I, I guarantee you, I guarantee you Trump will not be flavour of the month in the GOP. Yeah. There will yeah, be Lynn a Wood reckoning is probably going to get and it shot. will be like civil war uh, type reckoning. Yeah. And look, honestly, one of the things that people like Lynn would have been pushing saying, you know, the, the GOP doesn't stand for us. Maybe we need a third party. You know, there's rumblings of that. And of course, because they've got that sort of first past the post type system over there, they're just going to become another, you know, wedge group that gives the Democrats elections. It's like, it's almost like the best explanation for this is that this is a you know, it's a Democrat play. But at the end of the day, what happens is people are lost. People are lost in this war from like hearts and minds. And honestly, like my main thing is Christmas is coming up and a lot of people are going to have to deal with this. And I think your advice on just, you know, embracing the good things, don't talk politics just just for Christmas, just this year. Forget about politics. Leave it the fuck alone. I mean, overall, overall. The advice is pretty simple, and it's not for our listeners. It's for the, it's basically for the world, and certainly for the United States. The delusions yeah. of a pathological liar are not yours to bear. They're his problems. He's got plenty yeah. of them, and yeah. uh, and so yes, uh, look, uh, uh, we we all hope that America does calm down eventually, but it's uh, we do. It's really in the lap of the gods. It really is. Well, I think we have spent enough bloody time talking about Trump the oh, Elder. Oh God, horrible We've man! We fixated on the Donald. Uh, he's taking up all the spotlight. I am sick of it because there is more to Trump than Trump. There yes. is a fucking. There's a whole bunch of them. There's a, they breed like rabbits anyway. So I think that Eric, Eric, is 
as valid as Donnie as a talking point. He's a good looking boy and good nobody can boy. take that away Very from him. Good looking boy. But what is he up to? Eric is a complex lad. You know, he's he's like a bastard on Father's Day. Poor old Eric, he's a very good-looking boy, as we all know, but look, there has been last week or so talk of pardons, presumptive uh, mm. pardons, a very strange sort of uh, an understand, a very strange sort of thing that's never really been done before and uh, will probably be tested in the court. The idea that you can be pardoned for stuff um, uh, that you haven't been charged with. Uh, that there's yeah. no particular suspicion hanging over you around. Now, my issue about this is that I believe that Don will pardon his children, that he'll that he'll pardon Donnie Jr. Yeah. for whatever fucking horrors he's been up to, that God he'll forbid. pardon Ivanka because he's got a boner for her, uh-huh. and he'll probably pardon uh, Rudy Giuliani, I'd say Rudy... Desperately That'll needs That'll be a wise pardon. move. He's going to need a lot of pardons. Beg your pardon, Rudy. <laughs> but the question is, will the Don, who's had a very difficult relationship, a very, very difficult relationship with Eric, will the Don pardon Eric? Or will he just let him let him, let him, him hang? Let him, let, him, uh, yes. let him spend the next 20 or 30 years for all the Trump family's sins in Fort Leavenworth? Yeah, well, so, sometimes you've just got to sacrifice your son to Moloch. I mean, like, that's yeah. just the way things play middle out. Boy. But let's see. He is the you middle know? boy. Well, sort of the middle boy. We're not counting Baron just yet. He is the middle yes. boy, not counting Baron. He's a very good-looking boy, as yeah. we know. But yeah. he, Donnie might be saying, well, look, if this if this pardon is a little bit controversial, I'll, uh, I'll look after Don Jr. because he's, you know, uh, number one heir. And Ivanka, yeah. i got the boner. Well, that's uh, I got it. A you know, for her. He can't shag her if she's in jail. Well, that's right. And, Very upsetting. And, but Eric, I might just let Eric go. I yeah. might just let Eric go. And I know Eric's been, uh, been. I think he's been battling a little bit with that. He did uh, wake up uh, this morning and wished everyone a happy Saturday with uh, really on the East Coast, only about four hours of it left, which is a very <laughs> strange thing for Eric to be doing. Might he he might, have been, uh, might have been having a bit of sleep. Uh, during the day, uh, and uh, look, he did pop up earlier in the week, though, with a tweet which I deeply loved, uh, claiming uh, that Obama, Barack Obama, had won two hundred counties more in two thousand and eight than Joe Biden had won in twenty twenty, despite a twelve million vote differential. Joe Biden's way? How could this be? Said mathematical genius Eric Trump. When we all know, really that a lot of counties have got like 30 people in them. Some of them like a 1,000, and some of them, like Wayne County, Michigan, with 1.5 million people. Mm. So uh, this is uh, an unfortunate piece of, uh, uh, well, look, let's face it, Eric is, uh, Matt's not his strong suit, you know. No, no. It's just another bloody red pill for the idiots to swallow. Well, look, to be honest, I'm just trying to find, I mean, besides being a good-looking boy, I'm just trying to find what uh, what sort of assets he does have. He has been pushing around Trump wine, the latest uh, Trump-branded, the the latest Trump-branded product, and uh, it's about 50 bucks a bottle, starting at 50 bucks a bottle, and I'm just wondering why... 
why fucking Eric has thought about this. Basically, you you know, the Mega Hat Brigade, they're going to be sculling a, ha- a litre of hand sanitizer with a crystal meth cleanser, you know, and they're not going to be piling down to the bottle no. shop and say, well, can you give me the uh, can you give me the Trump uh, Sauvignon Blanc, please, sir? You know, it's just not yeah. going to happen. I don't think Trump wine's going to last. I really don't. I think it might go the way of Trump steaks. Another one of Eric's uh, uh, very 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 poor decisions. And I think he needs to stay away from the food. Just just yes. just gently. Just yeah, just, I, yeah, just just he, he's, he's a good looking boy, but he doesn't have a face for service. And uh, no, I think it's time for him to just uh, you know sleep during the day. Yeah, call, I think I, last time it. I had a look at him I, last time, he, and he is, as you say, a very good looking boy. But he doesn't have that sort of pale demeanor that you know might be one of those kids who can't go out in the sun for more than twenty minutes, and uh, unless it kicks his asthma in. Uh, yeah. So I'm 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 just I'm just wondering overall where Donnie just says, look, I've got to cut someone loose here. And I think it'll be Eric. I honestly do yeah. think it'll be Eric. And Eric will end up in Leavenworth. And it won't be very nice for him there. But at least, he will, well at least he'll stay out of the sun. Yes. It's for the best. Yeah. Look, I just uh, just want to move on from uh, Eric's Trevise. And they're going to get very, very serious very soon. Because we need to move on to this next segment. And I know that, uh, that our listeners find this one... You know the you know they hang on the edge of their seats basically. They uh, toy with their mouses and they toy with the little fast forward buttons. And sometimes they slip straight to this because they want to listen to the week in Pete Evans. Yeah, it has been a very big, big week in Pete Evans as week. usual. Pete has been so busy. That he's actually forgotten to delete his Facebook page. Oh, geez. now oh, I thought that was know, gone. Last week. Isn't that gone last week? No, no, he's just been really busy. <laughs> so we know that selling woo science to Q-pilled wellness lunatics has got to be a full-time yes. job. There is a lot in busy. it, and he's got a lot of comments to delete uh, to finally curate his adulation chamber that he uh, he uh, sort of calls social media. But it's only a few clicks, mate. Just get Come on with on. it. It's Come been, on, please. Like, has he forgotten his password or something? Like, it's been two weeks since he said he deleted his Facebook profile. Yeah. And yet, here we are. Still has a Facebook page. Still posting bullshit. And while Zuckerberg thought that he'd been relieved of the duty of outright banning the asshole, I reckon a friendly nudge to the Facebook powers that be might be a wise idea at this yeah, point. Because yeah, if he's not going to yeah. jump before he's pushed, maybe he needs a little tap in the right direction. Well, it's a wonder Pete hasn't copped the ban hammer from the Facebook gods as he is really uh, pushing the boat out at the moment. Between yep. bullshit posts of low-carb soups and promoting books you can no longer purchase, is some seriously Q-weird content regarding the baseless claims of election fraud in the United States and trying to convince people that vaccines are evil. Although he's not anti-vax, he no. promotes safe vaccines. Mm. He uh, just doesn't seem to have met a vaccine that he liked. Yeah, so I'm still holding out for Pete to say, oh, well, here it is. Here's the safe vaccine. I fully believe that everyone should get. It's a good one. It's great. Oh, it's the best vaccine. Huge. Mm, yeah. At that point, this segment's probably fucking dead. Yeah. But I reckon we've got plenty of time before old oh. Pete applies any form of rationality, reason, or sort of scientific decency oh, yeah. to any of these ridiculous claims he makes on Western medicine. I mean... Yeah, look, I think that sort of time frame can only be sort of uh, can only be sort of assessed in in geological age. Quite yes. frankly, I think it's going to be a long, long time, and I won't be holding my breath waiting for Evans to come around to medical science. But I am curious to see how he responds to future health crises 
And if he is prepared to double down on his ideas, just like Steve Jobs did, yeah, or succumb to the pre- pressures of staying alive through medical science, we'll see. Well, there is one thing I know he has in his serious illness battle kit, and that is medical marijuana. Oh, he he absolutely it. loves it. Yeah, he's he all about it. Gear. He's on the and gear. He loves the gear. A lot of the stuff that he says can only be explained by the fact that he's punched a shitload of cones immediately before posting. But unfortunately for Pete, and not unlike almost all other sectors of Australia, the medical marijuana mob is not really sure as to whether they want him hanging around being a fucking asshole. <laughs> well, he's- it's not unusual for uh, for people using a lot of marijuana to uh, struggle to make up their minds. But uh, you're, <laughs> you're talking you're talking about the uh, the medical marijuana people. Yeah. And good people. I mean, friend of the show and medical marijuana consultant, Reese Cohen, had to recently battle with the idea of sharing the stage with Pete, who, as you may have guessed from his surname, is one of our globalist friends. Ooh. And you know, we, it's a little bit sketchy about how, you know, Pete really feels about these things. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. Reese and others have just decided to err on the side of caution yes. and probably not hang out with someone that seems a little bit ambiguous as to whether they are, you know, deserve to live. Yeah. Uh, so Valid as human beings. Mm. Yeah, I mean, like it's tricky. Uh, it shouldn't be, but apparently it is. Yes. So, like, I've, I don't think this is. I can very understand sad the explanation, but it is a bit sad. It is. It's very sad because Pete's tried to make these new friends up, being dropped the food and publishing industry, and now they don't want him either. Oh, they dear. don't hate his documentary, oh, The Magic dear. Plant. Actually, they quite like it. They just don't like him. That's it. See, that's At- that's where the problem is. Absolutely, and he brought on his fucking self. So now this might be because of his controversial views, and that has got to be part of oh, it. Yeah. Evans brings an air of like, you know, whatever I'm promoting is probably woo science bullshit to just anything he goes near. And that's the last thing that medical marijuana needs because they are trying to legitimize a what is potentially a revolutionary aspect of health and science going forward. Science! It's such a big deal and it's mm. so like scientifically legitimate. These people are putting in the, the effort yeah. and the time and the money. But the thing is, is that he makes everything he's involved with entirely about him. About and Pete. nobody likes a fucking show pony, mm. you know? And whether it's Pete's inability to share the spotlight or the fact that everything he associates with has an air of bullshit around it, the medical marijuana establishment are really hoping he just keeps to himself from here onward when it comes to it. But he won't. No. Because... He makes every little thing regarding medical marijuana about him because that is our Pete. He's always the bride, never the bridesmaid. Oh, that was a very, very big week. And, and after his huge week last week, I just couldn't see how he could could uh, pull it off again, but he has had a very huge, huge week. And you have been listening to the Conditional Release Program with your host, Jack the Insider on Joel Hill. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. And if you've enjoyed our bullshit, throw us a five-star review on your podcast app. Jack can be found on Twitter on at Jack the Insider and Joel on Crunchy Moses with a K. We've set up a Facebook page, which you can find pretty easy if you search for the Conditional Release Program. It's pretty basic. And finally, all feedback, tips, and death threats should be sent to the Conditional Release Program at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, even if it's simply to tell us that you plan to abduct us, throw us into the panel van, and drop us on the side of the road outside Charlottesville, Virginia. And that's it, listeners. Thanks very much. We'll see you next week. See you next week, guys.